says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to an instant reaction edition of the tip sheet. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. And joining me to commiserate in Parramatta's first loss of the season in the NRL was my good mate, 60s. 60s, mate, oof, it's a frustrating night. Eels uh, squandered a, I wouldn't say surefire because Cronulla played some tough football, but they certainly should have walked away with the two points after seeing off what it felt like seeing off the Sharks until the 79th minute, and then uh, some errant plays cost them dearly. But how how are you doing otherwise <laughs> on this Saturday night? Well, mate, you know I was feeling the frustration from being in ISO at the moment, um, not being able to get to any footy matches myself. And let's just say the television did well to come out of the evening intact. Yeah, it's a very unfortunate end to an otherwise outstanding day for the Parramatta Eels. They were four from four heading into the NRL contest on Saturday if the triple header and the junior reps all going that way, plus the curtain raiser at Points Bet Stadium with uh, seeing the Jersey flag prevail, getting their season off uh, to a win in second in the second round. Sorry, But let's talk NRL, mate, because there is a lot to break down from this game. Uh, Parramatta Eels falling to the Cronulla Sharks to the tune of 16-18. to 18. For the Sharks, actually doubling up on tries compared to the Eels, 4-2, to two, with the value of goal-kicking being crucial up until the 79th minute where Nico Hines finally found his radar. But for the Sharks, Renato Molotalo, Sione Katoa, Connor Tracy, Teague Wilton scoring. Hines won from four, but crucially hitting that final conversion to take the game uh, before it could go to golden point, sorry. And for the Eels, Mitchell Moses scoring a wonderful try on the stroke of halftime, and Reed Marnie uh, profiting from a nice run from Sean Lane in the 62nd minute, Gufferson going two from two in the try conversions and two from two in the penalty goals. Worth mentioning that Gufferson was kicking because uh, Moses was on the wrong end of some dubious play from the Sharks in terms of uh, late, I uh, think in that yeah, 39th minute for his try, there was a late challenge on his uh, grounding, which probably should have honestly been another eight-point try, even if there wasn't much in it. But this this has been a trend for the Parramatta Eels. Two weeks in a row, and the referees refused to do anything about it. But that's how the scoring went, 60s, in terms of the possession. Eels dominant, which makes sense after that run of possession they had in the second half, 56-44. to 44. Also completed very effectively at 85%. Obviously an improvement uh, on last week, especially the first half of last week, but an improvement overall. But the Sharks at 71% did enough to keep themselves in the contest. Time possession favoring the Eels to the tune of just under seven minutes. Eels ahead on runs but not run meters, with the Sharks being more effective uh, due to their plethora of line breaks, seven to three. Uh, tackle breaks also slightly favoring the Sharks, 40 to 36. And I think when we get to the uh, missed tackle count, that'll probably tell a story as well. Uh, average play of the ball speed slightly favors the Eels, which is always a bad thing as we've seen in the past, mate. Uh, Eels got a few more offloads away against the Sharks and diffused their kicks more effectively. But, yeah, their tackle rate at under 82% for the Eels versus 87.2 for the Sharks, just not good enough. Uh, missed tackles, 50 to Cronulla's 36. And that, that really tells the tale today. And that um, that follows up what the eye test said in the first uh, half, mate, where Eels were dropping off tackles far too consistently, allowing second-phase play and line breaks to happen. Negative plays, the Sharks made 11 errors, Parramatta's 6. 
Uh, and penalty count relatively even, eight to seven favouring the Sharks, I think. I always get this one confused. Ruck infringements, one to two favouring the Eels, or maybe the vice versa. I always get this one wrong, like I said. Yeah, yeah. I think it was the other way around. Other way around. The so shark, Sharks can see one more penalty, but have one more ruck, one plus one net ruck infringement. Uh, so pretty close in terms of the discipline there. And the Eels using seven of their eight interchanges to Cronulla's eight. Individually, uh, I think a couple of players jump out there. Dylan Brown had a very busy game. I thought it was outstanding on the way to things. Looking across the team, a number of guys in the back line, very busy. Uh, Gufferson, Blake, Penasini, Simonson as well. Uh, then you had Reg in the front row. Ice got some good numbers, but we'll talk about him too because there was some negatives there. Uh, on the bench, Makahesi Makatoa, the pick of the forwards in terms of numbers. But I did think that Nathan Brown added a lot to the team when his return to the NRL. That's uh, the sort of uh, numerical side of the game, 60s. Where do you want to start with when we break down how and why the Eels lost the game they should have won? Okay. My take on it is relatively simple. Um, Probably lost in the first half. We were easily a 12-point worse team than the Sharks in that first half. How we got out of it. Only two points behind. Obviously, there was that miracle try just before half time, and that's all part of the game, and that's well and good. But we were 12 points worse than them in the first half. No defensive intensity or like negligible line speed in defense. It was all about defense in terms of what we didn't bring in that first half. The second half, again, it's like they get into the sheds. And uh, BA rips into them about their attitude and do you know playing the Parramatta type of football, getting stuck into the opposition, bringing the physicality. And I thought it was a a, a nicely controlled second half where up we until the last minute. The, the last to, minute it was a good second half until the 79th minute. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and, and and that then brings me to my second point, which is that. The, the unfortunately the penalty for the cannonball tackle undid most of that work of the second half. Mm-hmm. Look, you can you can make mistakes, you can defend mistakes, and that that's part of the game. But we know that there's a clampdown happening on um, the cannonball tackles. Yeah, I mean, I love Raystone. You love Raystone. Most Parramatta fans have a real soft spot for because he plays with an intensity that belies his size. But I have no doubt he's going to put his hand up and say, I messed up there. That was an easy penalty of the call, regardless of any sort of spotlight or crackdown being called on the cannonball tackle, which we've seen thanks to the likes of Lindsay Collins and uh, that roost, uh, Roosters, the storm forward. Uh, gosh, I forget his name, but it's a young guy that's coming to first grade. Yeah, so there was always going to be an easy penalty, and that would have brought up the last tackle. Cronulla were about, what, 45 out, 40-ish out from Parramatta's line? It would have, you know, maybe resorted to a chip kick or a bomb. I'd say that Parramatta cleans it up and gets the ball back, go on to grind out one last set, fine touch, and then that's the ball game. Instead, they get another possession, and obviously we see them play to their left edge where uh, the Eels structurally were just a little bit at sea there. Reed Money was defending at right edge back row, what it felt like. Uh, I'm not sure where Ice was uh, in the context that individual play. And he gets caught in no man's land between two players. Teague Wilton crashes through. Gufferson does a pretty good job trying to hold him up. He, uh, he almost got there, but the ball barely gets down to be planted, and it was planted. 
And yeah, that was the the ball game there and then because it was close enough to the post that even uh, Nico Hines wasn't going to miss that conversion. And yeah, it was, was a- uh, just a, a question for you. When when Stone came on for that last little stint towards the end, was he playing in the middle or was he ta- was he had he taken that edge roll and and ice and moved into the centre? I I uh, wasn't keeping track of that honestly. Yeah, that, that's the only that's the only question that I have there because um, you, you raise you raise an interesting point there with ice. Um, now, look, first of all, I'm not going to go on a, a on a witch hunt with Ray Stone. Uh, it was look, it was not the smartest play that you've ever seen, um, and the coaches can deal with it as they want, or or if he's been put on report, the judiciary might deal with that, and he might lose a spot in the team as a result of that. I I quite liked Stoney's first stint out on the field. Oh, I thought when Nathan Brown came, he had on, he had a good game outside of that outside that error. It's just there was a it was a error that cost us the game. It's just one oh, of the yeah, you know, yeah, football things. The, the, there is no question at all that that was an error that cost the game because um, Parramatta uh, were winning in spite of themselves today. Like mm-hmm. they they dug themselves out of the hole that they created in that first half. Let's face it, there was I don't know what team was was turning up to play, but it bore a strong resemblance um, defensively to the team that turned up in round one. And let's make no mistakes about that. If you, what was it, 40 missed tackles last week? Oh, yeah, and 50, 50 this week. This mm-hmm. week. That, says, that says plenty about their defensive attitude where, and, and this is where it's hard to, to um, reconcile that they almost play two, to, two completely different halves of football defensively. Like last week, they were awful defensively in that first half and then brought the control and the grind in the second. And and it was almost going to be a repeat, except, you know, for the fact that we didn't see any flashy attacking play in the first half this week. We were leaving that to Cronulla because we were standing um, back on our heels in the defensive line. We weren't moving up in any way, shape, yeah, far or Far too form. passive, far too passive. Oh, a- absolutely passive. So, um, you know, there, there's there's that issue that, you know, that we can point to a couple of plays. Um, my concern is that uh, we're using ice. He, he seems like more of a workhorse this year, but um, opposition are, 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 are targeting him quite a lot on the edge in defence where he's just being done for pace when they're, when the fast men are hitting the, hitting the edge of the ruck. And I was looking at that last week and thinking – you know, like what what's happening on the inside on our on that side of the field where we were being being caught out, and and I thought that maybe that was an area where the Titans were targeting, and then it was obvious today that that was happening with the Sharks targeting just on that edge, and and you know this isn't meant as a criticism of Ice because if he's if his lateral movement isn't quite what it was, if he's if he's just not quite fast enough to handle particular opposition teams that have the really fast men, then maybe you need to have someone else in that position and and, and maybe Ice goes into the middle off the bench um, and maybe he's a better strike weapon there. I, I'm just throwing that around. I, I, you know, I might be wrong in my first uh, breakdown of what I was seeing out on the field. But I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the tape once the you know the footage is there 
for review, but I tend, my initial impression was something similar where it feels like ice is obviously getting through a lot of work. Like he had 170 something meters this game that backed up for a similar set of numbers last week against the Titans. Absolute absolute work. Yeah, there there is no, there is no doubting that he is making big contributions to the team, but defensively um, I'd be very curious to see if if the tape is showing that some of those issues on the right edge are starting where he is positioned and, you know, whether he's obviously been picked out, on a, on a sort of micro-level basis on a short ball that's also extending to right centre uh, right center and right wing with uh, Penasini and Bailey out there. But, yeah, that's definitely something worth considering. But, yeah, I mean, that 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 is just embryonic of the wider issues in the team defensively, isn't it, 60s? We mentioned that first up contact, not good enough, which is what you see when you have 40 and 50 missed tackles, respectively. Uh, that's not going to be good enough against borderline top eight teams, let alone the top and that's why we, you know, barely eked it out against the Titans and lost today. So definitely some, you know, big issues go back to the uh, the drawing board there for the boys to look at. And it's a bit frustrating to sort of reflect back on that because against the, the Penrith Panthers in that trial, they were so dominant physically in defense as well as offense. But just focus on that other side of the ball. They, they were relishing that first up contact, looking to drive guys into the ground, not falling off tackles. And it feels like they've taken a pretty significant step backwards in the first two rounds. And I don't know... If it's, I mean, sure, we, we speak about this all the time. And it, it is a mantra that is so true, even with the, the sort of, you say, lowly Bulldogs and Cowboys out there in the NRL, there is no easy game in the National Rugby League competition. And these these boys know that in the blue and gold. And I, I certainly don't think they've taken this game lightly, but it, I don't know. I, sorry, this game and last game lightly. But they're just are they playing with half a mind on the Melbourne Storm in round three? Was that is that what's happened here, or you know are they just getting out of the box slow and it's all being compounded from that? It's hard to tell. Well, mate, the I'm, I've seen a little bit of what's happened by uh, out on social media at the moment, and there's a bit of a meltdown. That's oh, happening. That, look, <laughs> people are upset, and I understand because that those sort of losses. Uh, I won't say they're worse than when you get the 38 nil drubbings by South Sydney and whatnot because those ones are just embarrassing. These ones sting, though, because you know that you should have had the two points. And I understand why fans get frustrated. And I'm more than happy for some people to blow off the, the steam there. But, yeah, also people do get a bit hung up on the on the uh, criticisms, I suppose, at times. Well, look, this this is how I look at it. I, I'm, I was – as I said, I, I think the television was lucky to survive the – the afternoons viewing with uh, yeah, with the way that that match ended between and our, our errors and the the ineptitude yeah. of the officials. Who, by the way, I mean, speaking of ice, I'm pretty certain he dropped the ball cold on Cronulla's goal line in the first half, and the referees missed it. But the flip side is, of course, that the Sharks had uh, two tries off blatant. Well, one was a blatant forward pass. The other one featured a forward pass, but also one of the most black and white obstructions I've ever seen. Uh, where Mitchell Moses, it was it was shading to the inside shoulder, but he ran through Mitchell Moses. It wasn't through the gap, and the, the bunker immediately vetted it as fine. So, yeah, every, everyone except maybe the Sharks, I think, deserves some criticism out there today because I thought Cronulla played a very good brand of football. They were fired up for their first home game in what two years at uh, Shark Park or Points Bet, as it's now called. So, yeah, there's, yeah, uh, but just 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 back onto like the. The social media reactions and 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 what this match meant. Now, it's frustrating because that's two points that should have been in the bank, right? So we go we go straight off the bat. That's it's frustrating from that point of view. But 
there's a reaction out there like I'm, I'm dead set serious that there's reaction out there where people are saying it's a shit team, they're not going to um, challenge for the title, um, our halves are shit. Like, I mean, there's literally that sort of thing that's being said. Uh, there's there's comments being made about the coach. There's 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 all this absolute garbage that's out there. I'm just glad that teams aren't selected by supporters because uh, it, it would be. I mean, it would be an absolute on, mess. On that logic, we might as well end the competition down, give it to the Penrith Panthers, oh, because yeah. the Roosters have been awful to start the season. The Storm have been very sloppy to start the season. Manly look like a, a wooden spoon contender more than anything else. You know, so who's going to – I mean, South Sydney on the slide. There is no one going to compete the Panthers. It's over. So. Yeah, so, look, let's let's take this match for what it is, which is the the Eels didn't play um, their, anywhere near their best football. Defensively, we were poor. We followed on basically from a defensively poor first half last week. So – uh, first two rounds, we've got one win, one loss. We're just ahead on points for and against. It is round two. Let me repeat that, anyone that's listening that's melting down at the moment. It's round two of the Premiership, and pretty much uh, most teams are, are now like on one win, one loss sort of scenario. A couple of teams will have two wins, but you know the, the victories are being shared around. It's... There's plenty for the Eels to work on to get better. Um, maybe people had higher expectations of our early season form based on the Penrith trial win. Even based, was, on, based on the last couple of years, we've gone out to, what, four and five game undefeated streaks, I think, in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's no doubt that today was, um, was disappointing to lose because they'd actually, as I said, they'd climbed out of the hole that was the first half. Mm-hmm. And set themselves up for victory, and they didn't. And and there is no shying away from that. And we've we've looked at some of the things that that need to be fixed. And and let's face it, first and foremost, it is defensive attitude because you cannot miss fifty tackles in a game and say that the players were doing everything that they needed to do, or that they had the right energy, or the right line speed, or or the right resolve in the in in their defence. Um, I do want to talk about a couple of positives, however, out of the game. I thought that Mitch Moses was absolutely courageous in that game. Yeah, he got he got banged up. The, the the Sharks went well over the line, I feel like, with the targeting of Moses and only got pulled up once, which I suppose if the referee's not going to penalise it, you might as well keep doing it, um, including yeah. that try he scored where it was pretty obvious that uh, Ramian, I think it might have been, came in late. And Mitch took exception to it, but yeah, he, yeah, he battled. Man. He battled through that and uh, put together a really nice game. And I think that the other the other side of it too is that Dylan Brown took on a lot of the load as well. Uh, Mitch, you know, obviously fighting through a, what looked like to be a, a fairly significant cork on that leg, and Dill did step up to the plate. So nice to see uh, the young playmaker coming to his own there. And there were a couple of. I mean, I, I've spoken about this to other people in the wake of this game, is that if you go back and look at the Eels, not not just in this game, but in a general sense, they're, they're set up in a certain way structurally so that Quentin Gufferson is used as that, that fulcrum out wide, right? And we all know this. He gets a lot of try assists and linebacker assists due to his ability to find his outside man with that ball because he's used as the, the wide playmaker. But that also means the flip side, the opportunity cost, is that he isn't always there to, be able to back up because he's always thinking about that next play to be in position. And geez, Dylan Brown just frees his arms up so often. And if he could just have someone off his hip 
he would get a lot of line break assists and try assists, I feel. Well, there was that case in point uh, today where he was attacking the line and he's literally there. Standing up, uh, begging for standing someone. Standing up, yeah. Beg, yeah, begging for someone to take the ball off him. Yeah. And not a single person was running through in support. So uh, that was disappointing. But as I said, I, I wanted to make mention of Mitch Moses because, yeah. damn, yeah. That, was a, that was a tough display from him. He, he, he was targeted from the start of the game. Every kick that he put in, he was he was getting attacked right as he was kicking or just after. Um, yeah, we talked about the the well, I'm going to call it foul play that was put on him in the scoring of that try. Um, there was definitely it was like his legs were being attacked all game, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he I think he did well to battle through. With I mean, the, the Sharks are obviously ball. looking to 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 wrap, uh, rattle him, unsettle him, and to his credit, he stayed composed and and. By all rights, have gotten the Eels to the win outside of that manic last 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's um, that's one of those games that we we write down as a game that got away. It's not the end of the world, not even – you can't even see the end of the world using a telescope from today's game. But you also acknowledge that there's a lot of work that they're going to need to do to be able to compete with the Melbourne Storm next week. Now, I say that because not based on the Melbourne Storm's form up to now, but based on the Melbourne Storm potential and the likely flogging they're going to get through the week for their performance against yeah, nearly, South. Nearly, I mean, obviously, they, they were nearly ambushed by the West Tigers in a game where, admittedly, like Parramatta, the game plan was sort of thrown out by some absolutely torrid injuries, more so than even the Eels. Uh, we just had Russell injured along with Murata Hurt at training for his calf, whereas they had three significant injuries in that game. But then their capitulation at the end against South Sydney would have Bellamy uh, almost tearing the house down, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so um, quickly, I was going to say, quickly looking at that game, 60s, you know, we, we don't want to be panic merchants. You're not going to overreact to a two-point loss to a team that people need to keep in mind that the Sharks are going to be one of a, the outright top eight contenders. They're going to fight uh, a lot of good teams pretty close and they were up for the battle today so let's not go over the top with the the fallout do you think that there's going to be some changes next week would you make some changes to the bench next week would you you know would you tweak it does Ray Stone need a I mean do you send a message by dropping Ray Stone to the reserve grade for an indiscretion like that or do you just you know back the fact that Stoney's been a stalwart for the boys and the and the team off the bench do you make any other changes in general I think maybe there's going to be a bit revealed in tomorrow's reserve grade game up at Kellyville. Mm-hmm. So I think players involved in that will need to make a statement. So we're obviously going to have both Bryce Cartwright and Jake Arthur involved in that game because uh, neither played any minutes tonight. Um, and <laughs> that will mean they'll play. They'll definitely want... Uh, Bryce Cartwright to get some game time in that because he didn't get any minutes last week. With he was kept fresh for the um, uh, to be the 18th man against the Titans, um, so he didn't he didn't play in the uh, reserve grade game. Uh, so I think there's some players that like like for example Kai Rodwell. Um, or um, off a Hickey Ogden, of yeah, or off a Hickey Ogden, who might get the opportunity to 
show what they can do tomorrow. I'd encourage people who are able to get up to Kellyville tomorrow uh, to go and catch that game. I know there's a little bit of a clash between that and the NRLW, but if you're a if you're a local at Kellyville, Parramatta supporting local around Kellyville, get up there, have a look at the game, get your support behind the team. I'd be there except for the circumstances the, the, that I'm in at the moment. Doing being your in civic, yeah, doing your civic duty and obeying the uh, isolation protocols. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and just to just to say to people, I don't have COVID, but there is a household case of COVID, so I'm having to isolate uh, as a result of that. So it's been no no live football for me, unfortunately. Um, so get up there, have a look at the players that are in form in that game. You might be able to make a bit of a judgment yourself about who's likely to come into the team, who's a chance of coming into the team. Um, certainly last week, uh, we saw a change come about with where Opacic got his four tries and, and that gave him his chance in in first grade. And, and there's probably not too many options outside of it, but we've got players in form such as uh, Hayes Perham, who started the season well. Uh, you, uh, We mentioned uh, Rodwell and Ogden. Um, so, you know, get up there, get behind the team and uh, check out how the players who are maybe trying to force a, a spot in the team are going. Um I, yeah, I, I wouldn't like to to hazard a guess as to what it might be. Or that, that whether we end up with a, a forced one through the judiciary if Ray Stone faces charges. It, it would be just Parramatta's luck that Lindsay Collins goes through without a charge on two cannonballs or any sort of serious charge on two cannonballs and Stone is the one that gets one week for what, I mean, I, I don't do not condone the practice. It needs to be stamped out of the game, much like sliding into your knees on a try. But uh, that was a fairly innocuous on the scale of uh, cannonballs what, from what we've seen in the early rounds of 2022. It was, but do you know what? In this instance, he made a decision to go in with yeah, the cannonball. Yeah, no, and that, that's why if he, if he were to cop a one-game suspension, I would understand why the NRL was doing it. It just would be darkly humorous to see him get the suspension after uh, one of the, the Golden Clubs as a repeat offender in the trials and the opening rounds, not copping anything significant. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as, as I said, I'm not likely to take a, a guess at what's likely to happen next week because, I mean, we don't even know what the how injured Mitch Moses is going to be. Like, in terms of the, a cork, that could be something where he has an issue trying to uh, play this week or, or fly down to Melbourne with a cork. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what, what ramifications there are from that. But... Regardless, I, obviously with such an away game like Melbourne, they'll probably take that extended squad of players down to Melbourne. So, um, yeah. And and surprisingly, that game against Melbourne, not getting primetime billing. I don't really know how that fell through the cracks for Nine and Fox, but it's in the same slot next week on Saturday. Uh, that actually surprises me significantly. They've given top billing to the Dragons and Sharks on Thursday, the Roosters and Rabbitohs on Friday, and then... On the, I suppose, the four o'clock slots, the coveted slot on Sunday, it's the Broncos Cowboys. So that that actually blows my mind <laughs> that, that, that we're in the same slot on Saturday, but there you go. Yeah. Um, well, mate, let's. Um, anything else you want to do uh, to wrap this game up? Have you? I don't know that I could do a 3 2 1. I've just got Mitch Moses as my three. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm spo- I suppose you could extract a 3 2 1 on there. I thought. 
Uh, outside of one bad read that led to a try, Wonga Blake was very good. He tried his backside off on an un- I mean, I say unfamiliar, he hasn't played there in, what, four or five years. Uh, wing position, obviously he's filled there for the Eels in emergencies in the last couple of years, but as a full game, I think that's his first time there in four or five years. Uh, Dylan was outstanding as well. And, yeah, going after that it starts getting a bit hazy because Ice had some good numbers but also some struggles defensively. And I think just even other guys that had, had good moments had offset by bad moments. You know, Reed scored a nice try that got us back in front, but was probably guilty of overplaying his hand in the red zone and he got picked off in that final try, which, you know, might not be fully his... Well, I, I'm not going to say it might. It probably wasn't fully his fault. You know, just a, a case of being caught out wide as a middle forward. Yeah, so 3 2 one's probably a little bit tough, but I think uh, Moses deserves plenty of plaudits for battling through uh, some targeted uh, foul play or, or borderline play. And yeah, the Eels just have to you know move on to next week and look to knock over the storm in Melbourne. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this instant reaction podcast by having a, a quick look at the uh, four wins mm-hmm. that... Uh, were there leading into the game. All right, so we had the triple header out at New Era as the junior reps finally got back on track following that uh, almost month of torrential downpour that was experienced across the entirety of the Eastern Seaboard. For the Eels, they had a lot of business to get done as the uh, mats and ball looked to right uh, difficult starts to their campaign and the Tashigal looked to consolidate a position in the top four for what is a really promising campaign for the young ladies. Action kicked off today with the Tasha Gale, who are taking on the North Sydney Bears, indeed all three grades taking on the Bears. And after a, a torrid first half where the Eels jumped out to a lead and then quickly coughed it up uh, as the Bears hit back, they really closed out this game in emphatic fashion, 60s to the tune of 32 to 10. Uh, Debbie Duahi or Duhi getting the scoring started, Ella Hughes nabbing a double, Ashley Pottinger crashing over, and then the two centres who I thought were outstanding today, on the right, Patessa Leo, and on the left, Jacinta Tui, Leo got one and Tui got the last two. Uh, the Eels did feel the absence of sharpshooter Alicia Bell today. Despite the seven tries scored, they only converted two with Summer Tarare and Rosemary Beckett sharing those duties and getting one apiece. I think Tarare was one from either four or five, I want to say, and Beckett had hit one for her two or three. Uh, but yeah, the, the girls really impressive in difficult conditions. They had a big downpour in the middle of this game, it, it hit the track hard. It got real wet and greasy. Didn't stop them playing upbeat, positive football. Loved the physicality. Loved the swarming defense, which has been a real calling card of their team so far through the first six rounds. How did you see this one, mate? Well, I saw it the same as you. I thought the seven tries to two was a fair indicator of the difference between the team. The Eels were a class above the North Sydney team. Um, you mentioned about the missing... The, uh, the sharp shooting of Alicia Bell. And, I mean, once you start to talk about the likelihood that she might have kicked another four or five goals, even you're talking about a 40-point scoreline, which does let you know about the strike power that's in the team. Uh, but like you, I was really impressed with their attitude defending on the line. And um, I, I think when you look at where they've come from last year. And obviously there's there's a, a number of new players in the team, but there are also a number of girls that are uh, have backed up from mm-hmm. last year that were young. Yeah, year-on-year uh, year year growth there, certainly for those girls. And then I think, you know, credit to the club, they've gone out and found a couple of difference makers in the halves this year. Talara Bamboot at 5'8", and Rosemary Beckett at halfback have really helped give these girls direction and impetus in the red zone. 
Uh, they've, they've, yeah, that, you know, I think that's a fair comment. And, and and also, as I said, with the girls that are backed up from last year, and I think Coach Ryan Walker's doing a good job there in in taking the, the skill level of the team to, um, you know, he's kicked that up a notch within the team. And, that, and, and you mentioned the halves. They are they are structuring their attacking play within the uh, the quarter line, within the red zone quite well. So mm-hmm. a well deserved uh, win to them. Uh, we then had the uh, the mats get back onto the uh, winners list forty. Yeah, and, and the mats have been so close throughout all their games this year, and unfortunately just had the one win and a draw, I believe, was it, mate, to show for yeah. it. Yeah. So that's it. No, 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 no draw. It was one win, two losses for the Mats. That's right. And it, yeah, it probably should have been a draw at worst in one of those games. But yeah, so they've, they've sort of uh, squandered a couple of important games there. And they're going to have to win out to make the finals, especially if a round being lost due to the washout. But they did uh, they did go some way towards right in the ship today with a 26-14 victory over the Bears. For the Eels, it was Muhammad Al-Madin starting the scoring in the second minute. Uh, Dom Ferruja on debut had a very good game, I thought, mate. We'll talk about that shortly. But he scored a fantastic try from halfway, uh, courtesy of some nice lit-up work from Richard Penasini, who then got his own try after. Uh, Zadis Michael Tatia put the Eels uh, beyond doubt in the 49th minute before Blaise Tongi made certain of it, with uh, Muhammad al adding three from five from the kicking tee for the Bears. Uh, Thomas Aperi crashed over in the 20th, with Kobe Walsh also scoring a fairly innocuous try on the goal line. We'll talk about that defensively. And then at the end, Alex Fernotti uh, with a, a nice bit. It was actually a nice work play down the right edge there for the Bears to get their third try. Hayden Stevens just won from three. Uh, the scoreline probably reflective of how well the Eels controlled most of this game, mate. But it wasn't without its issues. Defensively in the first half, those two tries to a Perry and Walsh would be disappointing. Uh, but I think that that was probably some of the better football the Mats has played this year, especially considering that the conditions weren't great. Well, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be... Uh, maybe a little harsh because I thought their completions were abominable. Um, when when the team were completing their sets, they are a handful for for the Bears today. Unfortunately, it, it was almost like watching the NRL team against the Titans, where um, they weren't able to complete sets either from the kickoff or um, or it almost seemed like every second set was an incomplete set. So I don't know what the final completion rate was, but they are just making things so hard for themselves. Every time it looks like they're building up some sort of a momentum. And we saw this uh, today when they uh, they kicked out with those two tries straight after half time, and then um, couldn't rein the ball in from the kickoff and uh, invited the Bears back in with a couple of tries straight after it. And it was just... You know, it, instead of maybe building towards a, a big win, it ended up being a, a win that they, you know, while the while the score looked, I, I wouldn't say comfortable, but it, while it was a, a you know a, a nice result on the scoreboard in the end, I just thought it was they made it so hard for themselves, and I and I, I don't know what they've got to do because you, you can't pinpoint it as one type of error or another, can you? I mean, the, the, the turnover of possession and the penalties that's there, it's spread across numerous uh, members of the team. Oh, it's not. It's like you point the finger at, like, you know, say Sam Tilvati, right? Big, big prop forward. He's the one that's coughed up the ball four times. Instead, you know, Sam had an error. Kobe Herford had an error. Uh, I know that in the back line, uh, in the off the bench, poor... Uh, Josh Bridget had an error either side of half time. 
it's just across the park, whether it's and the one that really frustrates me is the play to ball areas because that's concentration. Whereas the penalties, obviously, there's a little bit of discretion from the referee. You can have some bad luck if a 50-50 doesn't go your way. And that, that happens for the Eels too. Happens against them as well. Uh, but, yeah, the play-to-ball errors, which have been spread across. I mean, there were members of the back line also had some uh, dropsies when it came to playing the ball. And I think there would have been, if I'm just looking through one, two, I'd say there was comfortably six or seven play-to-ball errors today. Just looking at... Uh, uh, across the team list, and that that's not that that wasn't confined to one or two individuals. It was just, I think, six or seven players have played a blurs, and that is obviously going to hamper you. But thankfully, they showed some spine, they showed some backbone, and they didn't cave on the the self inflicted wounds, which is nice to see. And yeah, I, I, it was good to see them show some fight, man. I know you're frustrated about the errors, and and that is something they need to address if they're going to make any sort of run up the ladder, because other teams, you know, the Bears weren't as great as converting the pressure today. Uh, there was some forward passes on on that they sort of they would get the ball and immediately do a forward pass and it got caught up correctly, but at least they showed a little bit of tick of the fight back and believe it or not, and it's hard to believe, but if the table reads correctly, the Eels might have a chance at finishing in the top six this round. I don't know how that's happened. That seems unlikely, but maybe oh because of the played numbers are all over. Yeah, there's you've got you've got some postponed games today, I believe. So but we've only played, um, yeah. So I mean, the win was imperative. They had to do it in order to give themselves a chance, and we ha- we have to wait and see. So this is a touch wood situation. Now let's get back to you on this. But they might actually be maybe results have favoured them yeah, with the catch with with the caught up round that was played last week, the split round as it were or as it was. They might actually have a have a pathway to the finals if they went out. So. Yeah, yeah. Got- well, there's still there's still three games to go, and I, I would agree that the positive out of today was that they had enough composure to be able to secure the win. And uh, any time you're you've secured a win, you've got to be able to go and celebrate. So I hope the boys actually did celebrate. I hope that there wasn't any like you wouldn't call it muted celebrations because. If you don't enjoy a win, you don't know when the next win's going to come, and 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 you play the game to enjoy enjoy those moments with your teammates. So I hope they went out there and they enjoyed their win. Um, there's plenty that they've still got to work on because, as I like, that's my bugbear is completion. Oh, I mean, it's it's one of the things that drives coaches insane. That's why most coaches seem to have advanced hair loss stuff like yeah. the, the the completion rates and not getting to your kick after points, which just seems to plague not just the eels. It happens if uh, teams across the entirety of the junior reps. It's one of those concentration things uh, that you know really holds a lot of these young teams back. But you know, we got the win and uh, a little shout out to young Dom Ferruja, who is a year young, right? Sixties for this grade, but I thought he made a very good debut on that right flank. Scored a really nice try, care of some good lead-up work from Richard Penasini, and uh, showed plenty of speed of his kick returns as well. Thought he played a good game. Yeah, well, we we saw a bit of him uh, play in the um, there was a, the development squad match where he played against the Bulldogs and scored a sensational sixty-meter try in that, and he's he's someone who probably is natural position as fullback. And uh, like anyone that's Russell, seen yeah. him in person, you you'd see uh, like he's he's tall, he's athletic, um, and given that he's a year young, I think he's got a big future. He'll be he'll be 
obviously in the squad again uh, next year. And uh, also a, a, a shout out to the the tireless Woods Arthur, who I think tackled just about everything that moved today. So um, if if so if they hadn't got some of his work rate around the ruck, it might have been a tougher job today. So, um, uh, but now let's move on to another positive, which was we saw the SG ball get their first victory of the season and today. This is a funny one because you you were a bit frustrated at the end of this game. I love this. This is right up my alley. This was a tough, gritty, physical contest. Both teams absolutely slugging it out in a, a field that was starting to break up after the slog of three games. Eels prevailing by the skin of their teeth, 12 to 10. Riley Canning scoring in the fifth minute. Dequan Murray in the 51st. Crucially, Canning going two from two from the conversion. For the, uh, for the sorry, for Sharks, that's the NRL. For the Bears, Darcy Brettel and Michael Geddes scoring respectively. But Brettel converting his try, much like Canning did, but could not convert Geddes in the 55th minute, giving the Eels that crucial two-point buffer. Uh, six odd half-time, 12-10 at full-time. Uh, not not a, a pretty game. One closer to the uh, one for the purists, I would argue. Yeah, uh, I, look... We, we spoke about this at the Eels last week in the NRL, and even if it be, if we got in the win today in the NRL, these are the wins that you, you, you care about because they're worth as much as the big flashy ones. I, I thought the team showed a lot of ticker to roll up their sleeves and defend strongly and uh, work on a work on a pretty good long-kicking game plan from Cannings and... Or Cannings, sorry, not, there's no S, Canning and uh, Terence Laffey. Uh, and while there was issues of fluency when it came to attacking, and they certainly couldn't make the most of their opportunities in this game uh, as they were presented to them by the Bears uh, I do really love the fact that they once again like like I said the match showed a bit of backbone and you know got backed into a corner but didn't get knocked over oh mate the the first thing to point out is that there were a number of players now that have been elevated from the SG ball into the flag team and um, quite significant at, at, at that so you had a team there that were you'd you'd say fairly under strength. And uh, as a result of that, you'd take a positive, for, uh, a positive, as you say, out of the game. I, I, I get frustrated again by the uh, lack of completions. And uh, it was, and, and the team making the job harder for themselves. But I'll, I'll go with your opinion on this 40 and just say that, it was great to see the win. It was great to see them win with our key players. It was great for them to have that composure to hold on for a two-point win when frustration could have kicked, easily kicked in for them because um, you know they were they were unlucky to come away with just a draw in their last game. So now that they've got the W on the list, let's see if they can finish the season off with three more. And just running down the list, I thought Patrick Spence, uh, he was filling in at fullback for Arthur Miller-Steven. He's a year young for this grade. Very busy, had a nice game. Uh, Freeman Forsyth was a, a constant handful for the defense for the Bears. Kept himself very busy. The halves, uh, like, I, like I alluded to earlier, it wasn't their most fluent game in attack in the red zone, but uh, I think Canning created a couple of nice opportunities. Obviously scored a try. There was another moment in the game where I think he got a penalty uh, with a late in the game, which uh, ended up helping the Eels uh, sort of close out that game. Uh, big Lance Full Lima was very unfortunate. He, I, he he had a late try that he 100% grounded the ball. Referee was going to award it. And at the last second, the touchy got involved and uh, overrode the call, saying he didn't ground it. And Lance 
took uh, significant exception to the call, and I think he might have mouthed off to the ref getting sin-binned. And that could have been a monstrously pivotal moment in the game, going up six points, you know, potentially, or should have, because it was right next to the posts, and then getting a man in the bin. But the Eels lifted, and then you know, likewise in big forward back, I liked what uh, Saxon Pryke and Nicholas Lenars did. So, yeah, boys kept very busy there, and not the prettiest game, but good to see him get that win. Um, I'm not sure if they've got a path to the uh, – give me one second. Just I mean, while you're looking at that, just for, for people that didn't happen to see that game today, that disallowed try was a shocker. Uh, the ball was clearly grounded. And, look, we bear in mind that the camera angle that we were able to watch on on the streaming, it was it showed quite clearly the ball being grounded next to the post and the referees in the act of pointing to the spot and then he's getting word from the sideline. Uh, when he's right over the top of it, he's getting word from the sideline from – Obviously, from the touch judge. I mean, we don't know that that's the case, but he he's he's pointing to the spot, then looks over to the the sideline, and then rules held up, and the ball was clearly never close to being held up. But uh, by the same token, you, you can't you can't voice your dissent to the referee under no, those. I, I imagine that Lance might have dropped a few profanities there too yeah. to, to get sinned, uh, sin bin. So he'll learn from that. Not, I mean, I understand any player being frustrated when they know they've scorned and having it overturned at the last possible second. But thankfully, the Eels were able to roll up their sleeves and push through that sin bin period and uh, prevail. And looking at that ladder, it's, once again, it's a bit confusing because the, the sort of games played margins all over the, oh, sorry, all over the mark. But prospectively, the Eels could could make a tilt at the finals with results here. They've played uh, six games coming... Oh, sorry, they've played five games, uh, and the lowest amount of games played below them is four. And so that, that means that there might be a buffer there that they can, they can uh, win out and get into the finals, potentially, with results being... Yeah, themselves. but that, that, that five rounds includes a bye. So they've actually played four matches. This is the... This is the tough thing about this season. Oh, you, you, drop a, you drop a game in a normal rep season and it's tough, but you yeah. drop a game in a rep season affected by uh, biblical downpours and it gets that much harder. So, Yeah, there's a complete, there's a complete um, uh, washout round that isn't going to be replayed. It's just been, it's been you know, they've been cancelled that round. Mm-hmm. So the eight-round competition becomes a seven-round competition and uh, the Eels have now completed um, four matches in that. They've got two losses, a win and a draw. And under, like if it was last year, I'd look at that and go, not much chance of of making it because the Eels finished with only two losses and a draw and and five wins last year. And it wasn't enough to get them into the top six. This year's been so so wacky that who knows? (laughs) Yeah, who who knows? So... Now let's um, let's have a look. Yeah, let's uh, wrap the, things up. The game that wasn't that wasn't covered by any yeah. So we're, we're going to have to wait and get some feedback from this one from our uh, well positioned sources. But looking from the outside in, sixties after a very very tough loss to the Dragons last week, where there was a number of uh, influential decisions with the Whistles or non non decisions. The Eels travelled to Shark Park, two points bet stadium, and knocked over the home team to the tune of twenty two to twelve for the Sharks. Ryan Rivett opened the scoring in the game in the fifth minute and Blake Hosking scoring in the 53rd. Rivett converting the two tries to give him the flawless night from the tee. 
But for the Eels, it was four tries scored by Dantore Louis, Ethan Sanders, Josh Tuopolotu and Jack Colavati, Fenning of uh, Corey Fenning fame, sorry, going three from four from the tee to give the Eels that 10-point buffer. Yeah, uh, you know, this this was a game that we sort of looked at when we previewed it, said that based on what we saw in round one, based on what we saw in the trials, Eels can be competitive with pretty much anyone in this competition and they've gone on the road and gotten a big win, mate. Yeah, really, really happy for the players, really happy for the coaching staff there. And as you say, looking forward to getting a bit of feedback about that match. So um, not much that we can add. As we said, um, we weren't able to get down to Shark Park. I'm in ISO. It's um, it, it's it's frustrating. We were able to catch uh, streamed matches of the, of the junior reps today, but um, uh, hopefully... It's back to normal next week and uh, we can get out to any footy games that are on and uh, that the Eels, are, especially in the NRL, return to the winning list. Just looking so, at the, uh, the draw for the flag, and I mentioned last week the quirk that was in the NRLW where the Eels uh, played the home team in the away games in uh, the vast majority of the rounds outside of the Combank game they played against the Titans. Uh, looking at the flag draw, mate, if it wasn't for the rained-out Illawarra game or the Wollongong game, sorry, uh, that led to the Eels getting an impromptu home game at Kellyville, they would have had, because they travelled to Victoria next week to take on the Thunderbolts, they would have had three away games to start the season. How does that sort of scheduling happen? Oh, mate, I think we see strange um, scheduling that happens in the flag every year, don't we? Yeah. It's just like, You know, it's. Uh, I, I can think of uh, one of the more recent years, I think they were at... Um, uh, not only were they at a, a, a range of away venues, but... Uh, even our home venues were here, there, and everywhere, and not and not scheduled alongside any other match. So um, they uh, they don't make these games back either. They they go home home for away game, back away, get home, bye. So they get a first consecutive home games in rounds. They go round eighteen by. Round so round eighteen game, round nineteen by, round twenty home game, for their first back to back home games. Then they go back away, home, home, home. Okay, so they get they get the three home games in a row at the end of the season. So they yes. yeah. So that's uh that is rough. That is very rough for the young boys there, but they've done well to go one from two to start the season. Like I said, some tough luck with the officials last week, despite a very competitive showing. Could have otherwise been two and oh. But yeah, good to see promising signs, mate. And yeah, it, it would have been otherwise a fantastic sad day if we just managed to secure that victory in the NRL and gone five from five. Yeah, it would have been great. Now, but um, let's get tomorrow's game under the belt and, and, and go... Um, uh, five from six. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, no. No, 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 no. We've got two games tomorrow, mate. So, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. clash with the New South Wales Cup and the NRLW. Uh, NRLW kicking off at 12 and Cup at 12.30. So, regardless of where you are, you can't see both uh, unless you've got, I suppose, the mobile out at Kellyville and got the game being streamed. And even then, you can't give proper attention to both games. So... Yeah, yeah, but there, there, there you go. That's our suggestion to people. <laughs> so if you're a genuine supporter, you're at Kellyville tomorrow. You've got your mobile... Uncapped, un- uncapped data. Get the phone out, full charge. Uh, yep. get, get the stream on. That's the way to do it. So uh, we'll, we'll try and get... Anything it. less is unacceptable. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, but that, that'll probably wrap up another episode of the Tip Sheet, an instant reaction edition, as it were. Unfortunately, Eels fall to 1-1 one one on the season in the NRL. Letting a, a, I wouldn't say gift 2.60s, but letting a, a very good uh, chance of securing a two-point slip through their hands due to some late indiscretions from Stone, uh, from Stoney. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a bit of late mail. The sun's coming up tomorrow. The sun will be up tomorrow. Oh, Jeez, that 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 is uh, some hot mail there, <laughs> but yeah, it, it does it it does always help to step back and have perspective because as much as Eels should be two on zero and and we're all going to lament the fact that they ruined our weekend by you know throwing away that game, they certainly are going to leave me in a bad mood for the rest of the weekend because they did it. Uh, yes, the sun does come up next week. We take on the Melbourne Storm, which will be must see TV. Eels, they're our, you know what? Um, they're our bunnies now. Well, the, the, the storm was something of the Parramatta Eels' muse last year. They uh, helped the Eels snap out of a, an ugly funk and get into top gear where they almost knocked over the Penrith Panthers in Sunday football. So hopefully that can serve as a similar catalyst this season. And yeah, really looking forward to seeing how the team shapes up on Teamless Tuesday. There might not be many changes, if any, but you know it's always interesting to see how it does shake up, how the reserve grade and the flag shake out. And yeah, and on to next Saturday where we travel to Melbourne and knock off... One of the big boys. Yeah, mate. I'm. I'm. You know what? Our instant reaction podcast is cathartic for me. I've. I'm over the loss now. It lets you get get the poison out because otherwise it festers. Because you know, like I said, I completely understand why fans are frustrated coming out of today. Eels absolutely squandered two points. It happens. You know, it just. I mean, the the Roosters got blown off the park by the Newcastle Knights. Uh, Melbourne nearly, you know, slipped a game against a vastly undermanned. Uh, South Sydney team that are, you know, are trying to figure out life after Adam Reynolds. It, you know, the first few rounds of the NRL are always weird, and the Eels are just made a little bit weirder by dropping a game to the Sharks and getting in on the fun there. Hey, have a look at Manly last year. Look at the start of their year. Uh, they were well, about look, look 100. Look at the start of it. This start of them this year, they've got the game's best player, and he's struggling. You know, footy is a weird sport. It happens. So, you yeah. know, like you said, the sun will rise. We'll be here next week, as always. Looking forward to round three football. Looking forward to a stack of other footy in the other grades, NRLW, Flag Cup, Junior Reps, all happening on TCT. As always, thanks for stopping by and giving a couple of lunatics a listen after a loss. We love you guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya.